Today I feel led to start a, a new series that God has been putting on my heart. A new series called The Toolbox for Life. The Toolbox for Life. And this morning I want to start talking with you about some tools that you really do need in your toolbox. Some tools that you can use with skill. Because you got to get the right tools in your toolbox to take on life's challenges. Sometimes life hits hard, amen? And you need the tools, the right tools, to deal with those challenges. Now, most of us have some kind of a toolbox in our garage somewhere at home. And we may have the right tools for the job that we need done. You know, if you got the right tool, it goes a whole lot better, amen? But if you don't have the right tools in your toolbox, then things are just a mess. And the job doesn't get done well. You've got to get the right tools and use them with the right skills if you want to succeed. Take a look at this. The Bible says if the axe, which is a tool, if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. In other words, if you go out and you're chopping some wood and you've got a, a dull axe, you've got a dull tool, it is going to take more strength and more effort but if you got the right tool, and if you are skilled at using that tool, you will still have success. Not all of your tools in your toolbox are going to be sharp. They're not always going to be perfect. But when skillfully used, you can have success. And that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. You see, one of the tools that you need in your toolbox for success in life is dealing with with negative people. How come you're smiling? <laughs> Sometimes we come across some people in our lives that are extremely negative. And some of the tools you need are ones to help you deal with those negative people. Because when a, a negative person or a, a naysayer comes into your life and tries to stop you from doing something that, that God is leading you to do, what are you to do? They're saying, no, nah, it's not going to work. And they're negative and they try to stop you from doing what God is leading you to do. What do you do with that? What is a naysayer? Well, look at this. A naysayer is a person who tells you that something won't work or something isn't possible or one who habitually expresses pessimistic views about the thing that God is leading you to do. Let's start, be, let's start off this morning being real honest. How many have had a naysayer come into your life? Some point in your life. <laughs> Some kind of, all right, yeah, a naysayer. Naysayer, old word, but we know what it means. But if that naysayer is married to you, don't look at him right now. Okay. Everybody that's gone out and accomplished something in life at some point in their lives, have had somebody tell them that what they were about to do just won't work. It just won't work. They've had somebody say about their plan, nah, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Stupid, not going to work. Don't do it. I mean, as the Wright brothers pursued their dream to create a flying machine, they were told humans will never fly as Moses led the Israelites out of slavery toward the promised land, he was told, we'll never make it. We're going to die in the desert land. 
Now, naysayers are not necessarily bad people. Sometimes there are people who are close to you and there are people who want the very best for you. But what they don't know is this. They don't know what God has said to you. They don't know the dream that God is planting within you. They don't know the job that God is calling you to do. So in your toolbox for life, you need a tool to help you to ignore the naysayers in your life. To not listen to the naysayers. Now, in my life, I've had to deal with some naysayers. I was told it couldn't be done when I felt God leading me to raise funds as a sophomore in high school to go to the country of Haiti on a serve team. Larry, you're too young. You've never done this before. You've never been out of the country. That's too much money. It's too big. You you, you can't do this. I was told it can't be done. But I did. Because God was leading me. I was told it couldn't be done when I felt God leading me to begin traveling across the United States and speaking and singing in camps and in in churches and, and, and living on just the offerings that those camps and churches decided that they would give us. And we were told it couldn't be done. You'd go broke and you, you wouldn't make it. That was a stupid idea. Don't do that. But Shirley and I did. And God met all of our needs. I was told it couldn't be done when I felt God leading us to start two services in a church in Whittier that we pastored to help that church grow. And we said, it's never been done. It can't be done. Don't do it. But we did. And the church grew. I was told it couldn't be done when I felt God leading me to start this church. It's never been done that way before, Larry. It can't be done. We did. Amen? We did. I was told it couldn't be done when we began to found this church with two services on day one. Larry, a church has never been planted with two churches, two services on day one. You always build up one service and then you go to two services and then you go to... Can't be done. But we did it and amen we did it. We couldn't fit everybody in on day one. I was told it couldn't be done when God was leading me to to build this facility. Had people say, Larry, as I showed them the plans, it's a very nice dream, Larry. But the cost, it's too big. Land, $2 million? $6.5 million project? It's It's too huge. Larry, don't be disappointed. It's a really nice dream, but it won't work. But it did, amen? It did. Sometimes good people just don't understand what God is leading you to do. The pastor that I grew up under, the pastor that became one of my favorite professors in college, the pastor that ended up marrying Shirley and I, the man that I respected probably more than most anyone, when I told him that we were moving to Southern California to pastor, he said, Larry, don't do it. Those liberal Christians out there will ruin you. (laughs) Yeah, he was a solid Midwesterner. But even the good guys like him, even the good guys can get it wrong sometimes. And so it doesn't mean that they're bad people, but they haven't heard what you've heard from God. I mean, for every person that goes after their God-given dream, there's nine other people who are afraid to go after their God-given dream. All they can see are the problems, the negatives. And those problems seem like giants standing in the way of of their dreams, giants that scare them to death. 
So when God gives you a dream, or when God leads you to do something specific, and it might be small, how do you deal with that naysayer when you share your dream? How do you deal with that person that said, nah, it won't work? Well, in the Bible, the story of David and Goliath teaches us how to deal with naysayers. Here is David, small little shepherd boy, young guy. Here was Goliath, part of the Philistine army, professional warrior, threatening now to overtake Israel. Goliath was not only a, a professional soldier, but he was eight to nine feet tall. But David, little David, felt led to take him on. But take a look at this. David faced naysayers even before he got to Goliath. Even before he approached taking on Goliath, he had to face some naysayers. Long before, he faced four other giants, and I call them giant naysayers. They were people who did not believe that David had the ability to face Goliath. You can't do it, David. You don't have the stuff. It's, it's not going to work. Write this down. David's dad, his own dad, was a naysayer. So here's Goliath mocking Israel's army. Men were enlisting to go fight. And David's own dad held him back from being in the army. Look at this. The Bible says this. Now David was the youngest of Jesse's eight sons. His three older brothers enlisted in Saul's army. But David was held back to care for the sheep in Bethlehem. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been held back by anyone? Have you ever been held back? Maybe by one of your parents? Maybe by a teacher? Maybe by a coach? Maybe a boss? Maybe you've been held back because of your age. Maybe because of your size. Too short, too small like David. Too tall, too heavy, too thin. Maybe you've been held back because of your gender. You didn't get the job because of you're a woman. Maybe you've been held back because of your race or your language. Or maybe you don't have the right college degree or you don't even have a degree. And so you've been held back. Because of something, there was a naysayer telling you that you couldn't go forward. David's own dad wanted David to be the shepherd of a sheep the rest of his life. Because David was good at that. He was an awesome shepherd boy. His dad held him back. David's dad didn't think he had the right stuff. He was small. And he didn't think that David, even though Samuel came and anointed him as the next king of Israel, he didn't think David had the right stuff to become the king. And the right stuff to go to the battlefield and fight with his brothers. His dad was always holding David back. But then next, write this down. But also David's culture was a naysayer. Everybody in Israel, the entire culture, believed that Goliath was unstoppable. That Goliath was unbeatable. Take a look at this. The Bible says, each day Goliath would stand and shout at the ranks of Israel's army. Why do you come out here and line up for battle? Choose one man to fight me. If he's able to kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. The Bible goes on and says, Day after day, Goliath taunted them, saying, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. 
When Saul and the Israelites heard this, everyone was deeply shaken, and look at this, and paralyzed with fear. This one guy, Goliath, had traumatized an entire culture, paralyzed an entire culture. The Bible says this, for 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, this Philistine giant loudly berated the Israelite army. You guys are nothing. 40 days, morning and night, count that up, add. 80 times <laughs> this giant guy came against Israel's army and berated them. Question is, who are you listening to? The army of Israel was listening to this giant and he was getting to them. What voices are you listening to in life? Are they positive? Are they negative? See, there's people like Goliath who will belittle you. Who will berate you. And that's exactly what happened to David when he showed up on the front line of the battlefield. Take a look at this. As David talked with his brothers on the front line... So he left his sheep behind. He went to the front line to take some cheese and crackers to his brothers, whatever it was. He went to the front line. He saw Goliath. He started shouting his usual threats to Israel's army. When the army heard Goliath, they all ran away in terror. So David's culture not only believed that Goliath was unstoppable, but when David showed up on the front line and David said, I'll fight this guy. I'll do it. They did not believe that David even had a prayer of facing Goliath. <laughs> nah, it won't work. You're not big enough. You're just a young guy. He's professional. You're not. No prayer. No chance. Next, David's brothers were naysayers. David's own brothers put him down. The Bible says this. David asked, what's the reward for killing this Philistine and ending this disgraceful abuse? When David's older brother heard this, he burned with anger at David and said, Why are you here anyway? Why aren't you taking care of your scrawny little flock of sheep, you cocky little brat? Does that sound like a brother? That's from the Message Bible paraphrase. <laughs> I know how conceited you are. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even ask a question? <laughs> Sounds like brothers going at it. Sometimes your own family members don't believe you can see, concede or can succeed. Sometimes your own family members don't want you to succeed. Next, write this down. David's mentors were naysayers. They knew David had never served in a war. David's adult mentors knew that he had no military training. He was not an army ranger. He wasn't a Navy SEAL. He hadn't been in special op training. They knew all of that. And so these adults who knew him best knew the only thing that he was really good at was being a shepherd. And they knew the only weapon he was skilled at using was a, was a little slingshot. They knew the only thing that he'd killed, and even though it was impressive, was a lion and a bear. So his adult mentor said, David, there's no way you can take on Goliath. You just can't do it. So when King Saul hears about David volunteering to take on Goliath, he calls David into his tent. The Bible says this, Don't worry about a thing, David told the king. I'll fight this Philistine. 
And then look at this. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can go against this Philistine. You're only a boy. He's been a professional warrior all of his life. So his mentors, the, even the people he respected and the people that knew him, they were naysayers. So David's dad, David's culture, David's brothers, and David's mentors were all naysayers. So when you've got something like that all coming at you, and yet you feel God leading you to do something, take a look at this. How do you defeat the naysayers in your life? How do you do that? How do you handle them? What do you do when people around you are telling you you can't do it? What do you do when the people you even respect are telling you you can't do it? Here's what you do. Tool number one. Stay committed to God alone. Put that tool in your toolbox. Stay committed to God alone. One of the tools you need in your, in your toolbox is a commitment to listen to God alone. To follow His words alone. His leadings alone. Above all others. Your naysayers may be good people who love you. But listen. They're not God. They're not God. So, so don't treat their counsel like it's God's counsel. Don't give their opinions the same weight that you give to God's leadings. God's words. The Bible says this, the fear of human opinion disables. But trusting in God protects you from that. Folks, we all want the approval of people that are around us. We, we all want the approval uh, for them to approve of the steps that we're about to take. That's, that's normal, that's natural. But if you care more about their approval, your fear of going against what they think will disable you and keep you from doing the very thing that God is calling you to do. But when you pick up the tool of commitment to God alone, you don't worry about the opinion of other people because you know it's more important to care about what God thinks of you. The Bible goes on and says this, it is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. Fearing what others will think of you and your plan can keep you from following God's plan for you. You know, when I was asked to come to Yorba Linda and start this church, there were two other opportunities that also came my way at the very same time. One of those opportunities was extremely safe. I could just stay at that church in Whittier and I would not subject my family to a, an iffy proposition, church plant, church start, would it work or not? And so my kids were, you know, very, very young and, and I could just stay in that safe place. The other opportunity was exciting to me. I could go with a man that, and leader I highly respected and helped start a church planting institute in Ohio. Exciting opportunity. Or I could go to Yorba Linda and take the most risky opportunity, which was starting this church. And I want to tell you, for three months, I felt like the opinions of people that I loved and trusted were coming at me at light speed. <laughs> the church in Whittier had grown from 80 to 300 people, and this looked like an awesome future there, and things were going bright, and, and we loved the people, and they loved us. And, 
And th- those, are, those opinions of what we ought to do were coming nonstop. And most all of them said, just stay where you are. It's good. It's a safe place. And I knew that most all of them would feel like I would be making a big mistake if I followed what God was calling me to do. So what did I do? I went before the Lord for many days in a row, and in fact, three months in a row. And I prayed and I fasted and I listened to God alone. And he confirmed his plan for me. And I chose to fear the consequences of not obeying his plan above beyond fearing what others thought about his plan. And because of that decision, Canyon Hills was born. Amen? God allowed this church to become reality. The Bible says this. Do not fear anything except the Lord Almighty. He alone is the Holy One. If you fear Him, you need to fear nothing else. So one of the tools you need in your toolbox to succeed in life is a commitment to listen to the Lord Almighty and to follow His words, His leading, His plans. Get godly counsel from godly people That's a good thing to do. But if their counsel conflicts with what God is telling you to do, follow God alone. So how do you handle naysayers in your life? Stay committed to God alone. Number two, here's another tool to put in your toolbox. Stay committed to the plan that's coming from God. Don't give up on the plan from God. No matter how big God's plan is, no matter how impossible it seems, No matter how many objections your naysayers raise, stay committed to the plan that God put in your heart. A good example of staying committed to God's plan comes from the story of Nehemiah in the Bible. Now, Nehemiah was not a pastor. He was a businessman. The Babylonians, which are now known as the Iraqis, had conquered Israel and taken them to Babylonia for 70 years. And when the Israelites finally made it back to Jerusalem, the city was defenseless. It had been destroyed. Walls were down. city was a mess. And that's when God put a big idea into the heart of a businessman called Nehemiah. And Nehemiah felt led by the Lord to rebuild his city. And to start by rebuilding the wall to protect his city. Now, that plan was immediately opposed Certainly the enemies of Jerusalem didn't want the walls to go back up, become fortified again. But other people even came against Nehemiah. Write this down somewhere in your outline. It's not not in your notes, but write this down. Every opportunity comes with opposition. Every opportunity that God leads you toward will come with some opposition. The first kind of opposition Nehemiah faced was ridicule. They they laughed at his big idea. Too big of a project, Nehemiah, never happened. The second kind of opposition he faced was rumors. They started rumors that he was going to try to rebuild the walls and start a revolt. And then he was going to appoint himself as king. The third kind of opposition he faced was the risk of death. They threatened to kill him if he didn't stop rebuilding Jerusalem. The fourth kind of opposition he faced was an invitation to listen to just some rhetoric from naysayers. They invited him to come stop his work and come sit down and discuss his plans with them. And look how Nehemiah responded to their invitation. The Bible says this, so I replied by sending this message to them. 
I am doing a great work. I cannot stop to come meet with you. Four times they sent the same message, and each time, Nehemiah says, I gave them the same reply. His naysayers were persistent. Nehemiah, just stop. Come, let's talk about this. But Nehemiah did not stop. He was diligent. He was determined. He didn't let the opposition distract him from completing the plan that God put on his heart. Listen, if God has put a plan in your heart, you don't have to defend it. You don't have to sit down and talk about it. Just do it. Just stay committed to the plan that you know in your heart came from God. How do you handle naysayers? Put these kind of tools in your life. Next one. Stay committed to silence and trust God. Be silent. When those naysayers come against you, just stay silent and trust God. Never attack a naysayer. Don't defend your plan that God put in your heart. Don't try to defend yourself. Don't try to be a smart mouth. (laughs) Don't try to retaliate. Just be silent and leave the rest in God's hands. The Bible tells us this. It's foolish to speak scornfully of others. If you are smart, you'll keep quiet. In other words, the smartest thing to do when people attack you is to just stay silent. When people attack the plan that God has given to you, just stay silent. In other words, we grew up with this saying, zip your lip. Amen? (laughs) Isn't that an awesome picture? (laughs) Kind of weird. Just zip your lips. You see, the key is to model our response to our naysayers after Jesus. How did Jesus deal with naysayers and people hurling stuff at him? The Bible says this. When they hurled their insults at Jesus, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Write this down somewhere in your outline. I am most like Jesus when I stay silent under attack. Write that down. I am most like Jesus When I stay silent under attack. How do you handle these naysayers? Well, that's a tool. Silence you can put in your your toolbox. Last tool. Stay committed to the promises of God. Don't focus on the problems that arise when you follow God's plan. Don't focus on the people and their attacks when you follow God's plan. Instead, stay focused on and committed to the promises of God. The scripture says this, Bitter people spoke against David and talked of stoning him, but David found, here it is, strength in the Lord. Listen, God's promises are awesome. God promises to empower those who follow his plan for their lives. God has a strength that he will give you when you follow his plan that's far beyond your own plan. It's a strength that doesn't come from your hand. It comes from his hand. It's beyond your own strength. And he has a strength for you when you follow his plan. David said, the Lord is for me, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So understand this, when the Lord is for you, nothing else matters, amen? (laughs) When you're in the center of his will, following his plan, 
and he is for you, nothing else matters. Nothing. People will express their opinions. People will give their negative thoughts. But when you're following God's plan, what they say does not matter. Just keep following his plan and keep standing on his promises. I like this when David said, I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart. Well, that's exactly what you and I need to do. Is read and store the promises of God in our heart. Instead of banking all the negative comments that come from naysayers about you. Or the plan that God's giving you. Why not bank the promises of God in your heart? Read his promises. Store them in your heart. Because here's the bottom line. What God says about you. What God says to you. Is the only thing that matters. Amen. Listen to your God. And I'm telling you. If you take time. To get quiet. And read his word. And say God. I'm just here to listen. Sooner or later. God's going to speak. And it's going to be so undeniably God speaking to you that you'll know it was from God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And if you've not yet discerned how Jesus speaks to you and you've not yet said, man, I I know that I've heard his voice. That means you need some more reading time. You need some more quiet time. And if you just make that a discipline in your life, And you begin to say, God, what about this? Is this your plan? Should I follow you? He'll begin to speak into your heart in such a way that you will know undeniably that it is God. And then you can step out and you can follow that plan. And no matter what anybody says, you know it's the right thing to do. Amen? Amen. David followed the plan of God. And because he did, Goliath was removed and the people of God thrived. Nehemiah followed the plan of God and Jerusalem was rebuilt and God's people thrived. Let's follow God's plan. How do you deal with naysayers? Stay committed to God alone. Stay committed to the plan that came from God. Stay committed to silence and just trust your God. And stay committed to the promises of God. Folks, these are tools you can Put in your toolbox. And when, you, when they're needed, you can pull them out of your toolbox. The next time a naysayer speaks into your life. And when you use these kind of tools, you can succeed in whatever God is calling you to do. And God's church said, Amen. Amen. Would you bow with me in prayer? As I pray this prayer, would you pray this with me? Father God, I know it will never be easy But I commit to move forward with whatever plan you put on my heart. In spite of what naysayers might say, I will use these tools. I will follow you and your plan for my life, no matter what. Father, you have created each one of us, and you've built us in such a way, and as we came to know you as Savior and Lord, you put within us special kinds of gifts. You have built us and gifted us in such a way that you have a specific 
job or jobs that you want us to do. You have things that you want us to be about and things you want us to complete. You have things you want us to do that will further your kingdom and and tell more people about your love and grace and forgiveness. Ways that you want us to serve. God, help us not to shrink back because of what people say. Help us to go forward in your name. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said...